You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I ain't got no AKA. What? Yes, I do. AKA, bitch, my feet is tired. And I am joined by. What's up, everybody? It's Candace. You can find me on social media, not so newly led PC. My AKA is It Smell Like Hospital. And <laughs> if you watch Salt Lake City this week, the premiere last week, should I say, you understand um, network announcements. So. I have been trying to figure out some new content to bring to the Patreon. And what I realized is that a lot of y'all have not ever had a chance to hear a lot of your network hosts record together, which brought me to the Flawless Noises Media Network Roundtable Talks, where once a month we will get together some of your favorite hosts, some of your favorite uh, friends of the network, and we will just unwind and you know talk about where we are in the moment what's going on how's life who got us fucked up and so on and so forth uh the first episode premiered saturday um no i actually put it out friday if you are subscribed to the patreon on any level you are able to hear the premiere show because i made it available to all tiers um but going forward it will be only on our blue noise level, which is our $10 level. Hopefully you feel like we're worth it. Um, I started getting some feedback already about how great of an idea it is and well worth the $10. So if you enjoy it, you could bump your Patreon subscription up. If you don't, that's fine. You heard one episode and you can continue to listen to the content at whatever level you are subscribed to. And this first episode has uh, Bianca from Crown and Collars, Bree from Mama Meets World, uh, Randy Simone, who will be premiering new content in December, um, Being Free with Simone, Darren from I'm Not Mad, I'm Pissed, um, Gary from Mystic Moments, uh, Gary from Mystic Moments, um, Tia from The Wind Down and Love Drought and myself. I believe I captured everybody. It was seven of us. Um, it it was it was a really great episode, a really good way to wind down. And next month I'm gonna try to get on who couldn't make it. Um, so I'm trying to get Jeremy on, I'm trying to get uh Reese on from Love Drought, I'm trying to get some of our favorite friends from the network on. You know, I just kind of go from there. Um, but yeah, check that out. Also, head to the Flawless Noises website and go to the merch store where it'll take you to our bonfire store where we have new new and updated merch available in purchase color. Merch. Yeah, purchase the merch. The holidays are coming. Um, help keep the network going, especially since Anchor Petty Ass um, pulled our sponsorship for Ratchet Ramblings. They pulled the sponsorship for the flagship show. <laughs> and 
And they like, yeah, I call I say to, I call racism to be honest. They like we're gonna we're gonna try to get you matched up with something else again soon. Um, so if you want to help keep the network going, you can purchase some merch. You you can subscribe to our Patreon. Um, you could just send a flat out donation. Every little bit helps, and we appreciate it. Uh, and I think that is it. We're going to hop into the show because we have a full lineup. we back to four shows because these goddamn people don't care that's, that it's a pandemic. They record in any old way. Okay. They just they <laughs> fuck safety. Fuck safety. So we had this. We're going to give you mess by any means. By any means. And we're going to be here to talk about it. If they're going to give it to us, we're going to talk about it. So True. this week we have Bridezilla's. We have Ready to Love. That's on OWN, which I have a nice, nice, nice rant in my spirit. Can you have a piece of chocolate? Yes, you can, London. Okay. She wants a piece Expert of chocolate. Expert parenting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care if I'm recording or not. She, uh, she yeah. is three. You don't do that anyway, because that's just how but, she is. But with the taste buds of a 33-year-old, because she like those uh, Andy's mint chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> that's Not cool. London with the been here before taste buds. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Ready to Love by On Own, which, oof. I do got a rant in my spirit for ready to love. Let me tell you what. And I think Jeremy going to agree is going to hit it right on the head. I'm going to go in and talk about the series uh, premiere of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Because these bitches is a mess. Mess. (laughs) It was mess on the first episode. Mess. Wholehearted, full-blooded mess. And then we're going to take it over to Potomac. Um, where Wendy bitch, Wendy bitch. I'm gonna start a. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start a petition because you know niggas. Love we need to now. we need to start a network GoFundMe for every episode Wendy uh mentions having four degrees. I the network will pay for itself for the next ten years. Hello. Okay. Like every time. Uh, Every time Wendy mentions them damn degrees, send us money, please. Thank you so much. And listen, we we listen, listen. We might fuck around and end poverty with how much Wendy mentioned them goddamn degrees. Yeah. Le, and let me tell you, you know what? I'm gonna save it for when we get to Potomac. I'll save it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling messy and ain't shit. I know I might have came in a little calm, but that's about the most you're gonna get from me. Um so let's hop into the bullshit. Um, <laughs> so Bridezilla's season 13, episode eight, V-Cardzilla and Control. We get introduced to Amber and Steven. Amber is 30 and looks 40. And Steven <laughs> is her <laughs> Steven is her artistic boyfriend who, or fiance, mm. should I say. And he got a mohawk, and he remind me of some and character. And that shit is ugly as hell. He remind me of some character. You know some cartoon character where it's like a, a, a hog, but he got a mohawk and a nose ring? Yes. That's yes. who he reminded me of. Um, 
He reminds me of like a cartoon version of Mr. T, but without the muscles. He, <laughs> they are on and off again. My vegan Mr. T. <laughs> they are like on and off again. Childhood sweethearts met when they were in the eighth grade. Lost he touch. Uh huh. Lost touch. Got back together in college. Broke up. Got back together six years later. Here we are. So basically, they are six brown chick question. Um, and some like it. And Stevens, they this part is what make them a six brown chick question. Stevens' sister don't like Amber, and we gonna we gonna find out why, like really quickly. Um, and then they cut back to our episode with the girl that's been lying about being celibate. Alex and her fiance Craig. <laughs> First of all, when Lexi said it last week, now I can't stop looking at it. Miss Mamas don't got no edges. No, she does not. Miss Mamas don't have no edges. They they sparse. Maybe she's maybe she sold a bit of the edges. Maybe that's what she mean by celibate. Celibate of the edges. <laughs> Maybe she, <laughs> maybe she sold, maybe she sold him at a discount <laughs> to pay for that win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be a show. Title dad, sold a bit of edges because the dad damn <laughs> show ain't pay for. It. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, my bad friend. Ahead, no, man. listen. Um, so they do like a like a bachelorette night in and first things first we have said before on here that those weird sexy dances um they are at a reception i don't like them Oh yeah, you talking? Oh yeah, yeah. The dance, yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand it. To be honest, like I, I get wanting to do something for your beloved, your betrothed, but like a sexy interpretive dance is like praise dance, but make it thought. And I don't understand it. Yeah. Like I, Um, like if I was a a husband, I just, I would, I did, I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't get. I mean, I guess like a for effort or thought, but like. Girl, I'm trying to get to the honeymoon and have you dancing. I don't need you dancing at the reception with your girl. I, you know, that's just me though. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the same thing for me. The only time I've seen something worth uh talking about. Um, remember we recently just uh saw the groom and his groomsmen. Um perform the new edition song even though he's like in the industry but it was tasteful yeah not you know that, I, that i that i like that i, I like can that. do but all the sexy beyonce dances cater to you dances um you know all of that you know <laughs> like you <laughs> like you you and your bridesmaids perform a partition at the reception <laughs> exactly um it's just you know, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, we don't, we don't need. It. Like, could you imagine going to a wedding? <laughs> you feel the bridesmaid, and, and, and the bride is like, so at the reception, we are going to perform six inch heels for my baby. You like, screw, screw, uh, excuse me, ma'am, huh? We, we, who gonna do what? 
Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Should you be performing six inch at, at the honeymoon? Like, why are we doing this at the reception? Exactly. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's weird, and yeah. I I can't stress that enough that if you want to dedicate something to your your uh, newly betrothed, let it not let it not be some modern day burlesque in front of all your family and friends. <laughs> That's all I'm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, Backing your ass up in front of your mom at the reception. Exactly. Like, girl. Um, so her best friend hires a stripper to come to her mama house. And first of all, I absolutely get the yuckiness at male strippers. But your reason for not wanting the male stripper there had nothing to do with the fact that they usually be cheesy and weird dancing having a male stripper at your bachelorette night test your celibacy miss mamas you ain't been celibate and i just really want you and that nigga to stop acting like it yeah i get that's the angle i get that's the angle that probably got y'all on the show but it's not true it's not true your own daddy thought you could have been pregnant y'all ain't been nobody celibate i'm trying to be celibate with you face about it you trying to tempt me with a male stripper? Girl, good when fucking you got a whole night. ass nigga. Come on now. That you've been fucking. And then talking about exactly. you gonna bring a stripper in front of my mama. You got you, it's you and your sister. Your mama been fucking baby, been nasty. Look younger yeah, than your you. Your mama was still dancing fucking. with the stripper. Your mama still fucking. She yeah. look young. I know she getting the pipe. <laughs> she looked younger than pipe you and your right. sister. The will of we, you know, I the pipe is it, right, baby. You know. Your mom is getting it. The, <laughs> the pipe is, you get on my tail. <laughs> <laughs> like what you the got pipe going? Is, hey, the pipe is right for your mom. The pipe is right for your mama's skincare routine. That's what. That's out. what I'm saying. She glowing and glistening, baby. Your mama gets the dick. Meanwhile, you over there just ageless. That's your damn problem. <laughs> you, you, you need a hot load on them edges, Miss Mama. <laughs> Listen, you need a... I almost said something very fucked up. <laughs> you might as well get it off your chest. Girl, girl you need a glue gun. <laughs> you yeah, need a some, certain type of glue. You need some pipe glue. <laughs> 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 you need some sticky for the <laughs> so, <laughs> we we go back to Steven and Amber and they are like at the craft store and he tells Amber that his laptop is broken he had to take it to the shop thus he doesn't have access to any of the stuff he was supposed to be doing for the wedding she has a meltdown he tells her you know trust me I'm gonna get it done and she like, I don't trust you. And Steven tells Amber to marry her fucking self then. That made me holler. Why are y'all so extra? Right. It's, it's, it's gotta be one, the it's, it's gotta one, be the It's one day. One. Yeah. One day. Like, I don't. Like, I just don't understand. And I tweeted this earlier. When I was watching, I just don't understand coming on this show and talking to people that you sweat, say that you love any old type of way for one day. 
I just don't get it. Like it, the check can't be that. It can't be. It can't be that worth it. Cause don't get me wrong, I I get doing some some things for some change, but just talking to people just any old kind of way, the people that you claim you love, people that's supposed to be in this special one day, and you just talking to them like they the shit on your shoe. I just do not get it. I do I don't understand it. I do not at all. Um, and you're not gonna make me get it. I don't care. I understand it's a big day. I'm, you still not going to make me believe that treating people piss poorly who are spending money to partake in your day deserve that level of disrespect. I agree. It it I, it just don't make sense to me. And I don't and don't try to convince me that it makes sense cuz it don't. So then so then Amber goes by her business partner's house who is more of a designer than a planner. She runs down a list of things she got to do. And my biggest question is, if you got all that shit left to do, what exactly have you been planning? Mm. You haven't talked to the DJ. You haven't confirmed the flowers. You fucked up the guest seating chart. You had to get a new seating chart. You had to do this. You had... What exactly have you been planning if all of this is left to be done four days before the wedding? Please tell me. So you're planning some bullshit. <clears throat> I do like that the theme of the wedding is masquerading is very non-traditional. I like that. I agree. But what have you I been agree. planning? I like Four days before the wedding, pretty much everything is locked in stone at this point. Right. Everything. So you, so you just been on some bullshit for months until y'all got on this show? Exactly. That's what you're telling me? Then she goes for her dress fitting. Miss Mamas, let's have a discussion. <laughs> you are built like a Chrysler 300 and was taking digs at your bridesmaids' bodies the whole time. How do you that have was, the fucking audacity? That was so like that's what I'm talking about. Like these are supposed to be your girls, your bridesmaids, and you up here said they bad built and wobbly bobbly and Miss Mamas. I, call inside the house <laughs> like that's what i'm saying like wh why why act like that to people that you claim to love like i don't understand it like why i'm trying to understand you are not you are not built like a video vixen to have this much commentary on the body of the next woman i've i've seen what all three of them was built like you knew how they was built when you asked them to be bridesmaids you had yeah, a lot of fucking like nerve like you know, you know damn well they weren't built like Melissa Ford. Like, <laughs> and they don't need to be, and you don't either. Don't but the meanness and the rudeness. If you if you gonna be talking to them like that, if you gonna be taking jabs at their body like that, you damn sure need to be built a lot better. I I can fucking say that. Then you ripped your own fucking dress. A guy don't like ugly. <laughs> your dress got a rip in it that you put there when you snagged it on something when you was taking bridal pictures. And then mm. you mad they can't fix it. What would they be able to do exactly, honey? She exactly. was demanding perfection from everybody. Then her own mouth caused her to have a snag in her dress. Which to be... Well, I like the dress. I did like the dress. I like the dress, but your her attitude... Guy, her goddamn titties nasty. was running over, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, you definitely needed to... Uh, 
should have put more thought and effort into the top part of that dress. Because you might flash everybody at the wedding, honey. Okay. <laughs> so I hope you got a I hope you got some double sided tape uh, in the in the breast cups. Or it's gonna, uh, cup, it's gonna be a scandal. Cup runneth over. <laughs> Listen, it's gonna be a scandal at the masquerade ball. You heard me. <laughs> um, about to for harvest indeed. Now let me tell you something about Steven's sister showing up to the girls' night out. <laughs> After not showing up to nothing else. That's my type of carrying on. And then everyone <laughs> to have a conversation talking about what is your problem. And she was like, I wish y'all just would have never got back together because your attitude nasty. And the shows. <laughs> Amber was pissed. And even sh- and proved her right. First of all, if I'm not disrespecting you, even if you don't like what I got to say, don't disrespect me. Calling that that girl all type of bitches and everything. But this is how you know Steven saw. Cause I was, she needs she need to be checked on that completely. Like there's no dis- yeah, don't disrespect no my excuse. family. When they not disrespecting you, you asked the question, she gave you an answer. You have you not treated like that. Answer. You've not treated that woman like you wanted her to be a part of anything pertaining to your wedding. That you only have her in it because your uh, fiance told you to, and it shows. And I wouldn't show up to shit either. And not only that, like you proved her point about how like trash you are because you took you was talking to her in any old kind of way and then unprovokedly took shots at your bridesmaids again for no again, goddamn reason. Talking about they ain't been perfect, but they deserve to be here. Anything I'm spending money on, bitch, I could be deserve to be here. I don't have to be perfect. I'm spending money on your day, not my day. I'm I'm coming I'm, to fitness. So, I'm showing up to rehearsals. Who the fuck do you think you talking to, Miss Piggy? <laughs> and not only that, like, how dare you say that we ain't perfect, but we deserve to be here? But you ripped your own goddamn dress by not being perfect again. Call inside house. Well, in this <laughs> exactly. Well, in this case. In this case, call from underwire because I'm telling you, you that. You dress. know what? <laughs> the call from under the wire. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, dude, I'll keep going back to the dress. Like, I thought she was going to poke me in the eye watching it on my TV. <laughs> the they was talking, they talking about the hole in the dress. And I'm thinking they talking about how mishappened the, the breast part of the dress is. I thought that was the issue. Didn't you? Right? <laughs> That's what I thought they was talking about. That's what I thought they were talking about till they showed the tear the dress. And then I was like, well, yeah, that is a problem. But the titties, though, like the front yeah, part of exactly. the dress, can we address? Exactly. Um, we go back. To, <laughs> we, we go back to Alex at this rehearsal uh, thing. What is this makeup, sis? What the fuck with all that glitter eyeshadow? What was that? It was uh it was giving me bride of Chucky. It was really ugly. It was really ugly. Um Alex tells Craig about the stripper. This but this what her best friend did pissed me off. When you do some shit, stand up in it. Now yeah. you know that girl ain't asked for that stripper to be there. You know that was something that you planned without her knowledge, without her consent. Own own that, stand up in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I did not. I did not like that. That that she chickened out on that. Absolutely. If you woman enough to, if you woman enough to to call for the stripper, be woman enough to own that you call for the stripper. But Alex and Craig got too many trust issues to be getting married. To be honest, because yeah, yeah, a fucking a yeah. stripper. We talk about this all the time with women strippers. Strippers don't want y'all. Even male yeah, strippers fun. don't want y'all. They want your money. They yeah. selling you a they, fantasy. They don't they want you. For, they there for a check. They trying to get they they trying to get their money and go. They don't care about you. You're nothing special to them. Even male strippers, you've never uh, they've seen more beautiful women in their lifetime and, and 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 men too. You you're nothing significant. Yeah, Let's be honest. They they that'll earn a check just like you that'll earn a check when you clock into your nine to five. Exactly. And so then they cut to the commercial and come back. When I tell you, let me tell you how ignorantly I laugh when they cut to Amber Grandma saying she was swollen up like a cow because she got all of anger issues. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where was the Where's lie? The lie? <laughs> And then, I mean, I don't choose size. I choose facts. That's all we can do. Then they come back to Alex in this homophobic ass church. <sighs> Definitely my least favorite part of the episode. Because for why? For what? For what? For why? For what reason? So they could intermingle men and women intermingle on both sides but just one man being on the side with the women was too much and the pastor wasn't going to come out and perform a ceremony child give me a fucking break and I can't imagine how deflating it must have been for the two gay bridesmen to have to even be told that was the scenario right like to always act like what they do in their personal life is inflicting on everybody else. I know that the community has got to be tired of bullshit like that. It has got to be fucking exhausting. I mean, and they, they follow the dress code and every fucking thing else. And you crying about them being on the side with the bridesmaids. Give me a fucking break. And and they, and they were wonder gracious. why and they wonder why people in the community or shit, not even like people that people that are not a part of the community, like don't fuck with the church as much as they used to because of shit like this. Because that was stupid. Absolutely, it it was stupid. Um, Alex's dad did show up in the twenty third hour, but he <laughs> crying because he thinks she's making a mistake. And first I mean, of I all, agree. let me tell you something. <laughs> A nigga that's walking around with glasses on and a Bluetooth and it ain't no sun to be found and he ain't on no type of phone call, leave me alone about your opinions on anybody making a goddamn mistake. <laughs> he, sh- he walked in that church with his tux on 
with a with a sunglasses on. It ain't a liquor scene in that damn church. A Bluetooth in his ear. Should nobody be calling you during this wedding ceremony? Your phone should be on. Do not disturb. Who, who need advice you know, from you? You know, old you know old black niggas love a Bluetooth. <laughs> but it's like, who needs your goddamn advice? Nobody care what you talking about. You make bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I don't disagree with him. He just shouldn't have said it. He could have said it. I'm just saying he looked like he made bad decisions too. <laughs> true, true. I, you know what? It's like where you think she get it from. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're right, but also like again, call inside house. <laughs> exactly. That was it for Brazilers. We're gonna come back to Miss Piggy. He definitely was just uh, like a used car salesman. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely gonna come back to Miss Piggy and the and the Bullhog um, next Ms. week. Miss Piggy and the, you know what? Her attitude is one of the stankest we've seen. Um, I agree. Yes, I agree. But now we finna move on to Ready to Love Last Resort season two, which this is actually season three. And I don't know what the fuck on got going on. Why they trying to act like a season doesn't exist? But this is season three. There have they, been two seasons before this. Both those seasons took place in Atlanta. They think they um uh, they think they um black ink with how they be numbering their shit. Yeah, so this is season they're saying season two, episode four, boss moves. Um, so what we see here is that Naya and Chris are the only functional couple. Um, they kiss in front of the group. They openly flirt, and it leads you know it leads you to believe that they should just leave the show together before the show starts because they got chemistry. Like they um, actually like each other. Because you, yeah, you can you can see that the women aren't finding a match that cares for them the way Chris cares for Naya. So they should just make a move and call it a day. Get to know each other. Um, okay. I don't like Denise. <laughs> she got a nasty ass attitude. And I think her biggest issue with Adriana is that Adriana has a lot of the men's attention. And she called her a floozy for wanting to get to know Calfani. And it's like, ma'am, this is a dating show. Like, what do you think? Like, wh- what do you think the purpose of y'all being here for? Also, you got to be a piece of shit to call somebody a floozy. Nobody here is committed to anybody. Everybody here is mixing and mingling to see who they have chemistry with. Why is her doing it such a such a hard line in the sand? Maybe it's because the nigga that she also like, you can't get his attention. Mm-hmm. Like, you seem to have an issue with Rashid because he really. You know, he spoke, you was high, strong, and aggressive, and he was like, all right, boss, I'm good. But <laughs> it's like, and then Denise tried to claim him, and it's like, ma'am, it's still eight, it's still six, seven other niggas here. Get to know them, too. I want to know how y'all claiming somebody on a dating show where y'all supposed to mingle and get to know each other, then, then make a decision. Like, I don't like I what what <laughs> what is the reason? Yeah. And then Adriana, which it should I wouldn't have done it differently. She um, tells Rashid about the conversation. She talks about it in front of Edwin and Simone. Um, it to me, it is very 
bold to call someone a narcissist and paint them as being potentially dangerous because of emotional baggage that you have. And her reasoning for doing it is because he tall, he light skinned, you know, he got a little bit of money and he liked nice things. What is narcissistic about that? It sounds like, like a typical light skinned nigga to me, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, she's just a typical nigga with money. <laughs> Shit. But also, Adriana's being calculated because she knows having this conversation in front of Rashid and one of the other men is going to rub them the wrong way. Um, and this is the week where two women get eliminated. And I actually think she should get eliminated because the whole purpose of being here is being healthy, being in an emotional space where you can find love. If yeah. you still, if you are projecting <clears throat> things that you've gone through in past relationships onto men that you don't know like that, you are in a healthy place and you don't need to be here. Yeah. Um, because when Adriana pulled her to the side and was like, what's the deal? Why are you always coming for me? All the women are doing the same thing I'm doing, trying to get to know all the men individually, see who they have chemistry with. Yet when I do it, you seem to have a problem with it. And again, even how Denise is responding, it's aggressive, it's, it is what it is. Who gonna check me, boo? She checking you because she pulled your, your overgrown ass to the side and let you know that what you was trying to do, she see right through it. Then she tells Adriana some story I call bullshit on. I dated a narcissist. It winded up in me being missing for four days and almost being killed. Girl, that wasn't no fucking narcissist. That was an abuser. Right. That that was something totally different. Yeah, two of these things do not belong. And yes, people who are narcissistic can't are can be abusers, but they're not mutually exclusive. Some people are just fucking self-centered and think highly of themselves, even if you feel they shouldn't. Yeah, or think think highly of themselves to your detriment. But to by a treating certain, you like you are yeah, but like you are less than. Exactly. But to assert that he shows the same uh, characteristics of potentially kidnapping you, killing you, harming you, and this, that, and the third, you are uh, you. When you, you don't know this man from a, when you don't know him from a can of paint. You are off your rocker. Come real. on, off your rocker. Really? You just are not, you doing everything all wrong. So, um, then Denise tells Calfani she'll lace up her boxing gloves for him. Again, you here to get to know all the men and see who you have chemistry with. You can stake your claim on whoever you want. That doesn't mean they're not going to get to know the other women as well and see if the chemistry is the same or better than what they have with you. This is how a dating show works. Correct. And then we start to get into the mess. Simone sees Jay go to winner's room without a shirt on, which, again, you could tell the women not really being checked for because they are the ones keeping up all the mess. Um, <laughs> the men the men haven't really seen it for Simone since the first episode when she was almost at risk of being eliminated. And it doesn't seem like she's built too much more chemistry with the men since then. So she's keeping up mess. And when Jay went to Winter's room, this was literally after they had just left the pool. Yes, he's shirtless. They just leaving the pool. 
that shouldn't be no big deal. And then when Jay uh Bing is cuddling up with Joy, Simone brings up the fact that he saw Joe um he saw Jay go to uh Winter's room. Why is that your business? Why aren't you busy building chemistry with the other men there? Why are you being messy? You clearly are not ready for love. You ready for mess? That's what you're ready for. And then Joy and Edwin spent some time together and they had amazing chemistry. What I liked about their date was they talked about mental health advocacy. Um, she talks about how she's gone through a divorce and it was going to therapy that really helped her get over that divorce, get through that divorce, should I say? And Edwin talks about how he's uh, really considering getting back into therapy. Um, he was in the service and he said he came home with PTSD. Then he ended up being a sheriff. And, you know, he said a lot of times, uh, the, the times he did go to therapy, he went because he was so used to seeing death that he even had contemplated taking his own life. Um, he left the sheriff's department and he's now a chef and he says that, you know, cooking has helped him a lot with his mental health and coping yeah, with PTSD. It can, be it can be therapeutic. Yeah. And he, but he says he still is, you know, heavily considering getting back into therapy just to keep, you know, keep himself in a healthy headspace. Yeah. Which I think he should. Listen, therapy um, is amazing. It is. And then we got Shay and Shay is messy not attractive and she got mad that they were discussing police brutality by the pool because they asked Edwin um how did he feel about the mounting police brutality and racial issues seeing that he at one point was a police officer and he he was honest and he said that he noticed when he was in the when he was in the sheriff's department just how poorly Black people were treated, especially women. He recalled an incident where they were called out to a black mom's residence because her child had run away and her partner, who was white, just started treating the black woman like she was a criminal. And the fact that that conversation pissed Shay off and she ran up out the pool, when this is something directly affecting you, we say, we talk about how black women get erased from police brutality conversations and police mistreatment conversations. And here's a black man talking about how he has seen it firsthand and it's very disheartening and it's disgusting. How does that yeah, I didn't you? understand why that made her so mad. Are you upset talking about he just talking and talking and talking? Niggas asked him a question, bitch. <laughs> like when you ask the question, usually the response in the action that is taken next is to talk. And then in messy bitch behavior, Shay sees Brian go from Alicia's room. Alicia is the, the, the thicker girl, the BBW, who's also looking for a sponsor and a daddy for her kids. Um, talking about watching a the movie. Then he goes to Alex's room, who he has best chemistry with, to get a goodnight kiss from her. And he was thinking about maybe going back to Alicia's room, um, but he doesn't end up going. Shay goes and gets Alicia to tell her what she's seen. And then next episode is going to be a blow up between um, Brian and Alicia. Miss Mamas. 
dating show. It's a dating show. It's no, a dating show. Nobody on here is claimed. Nobody here, here has a ring on their fingers. Nobody here came with a significant other. This is literally a dating show. Single people mingle in real life, on the internet, shit in between, and also on this show. What so, the hell you think is going to happen? Exactly. So I want to say this about Alicia. You are here with a bunch of women who are honestly half your size. A lot of them don't have kids or have grown kids. You have two small children with no father anywhere in sight. And it's okay to say that you feel insecure, that you don't measure up compared to a lot of the other women here. That's not their problem. That's not their problem. Sorry, but it's just not. So that brings me to my rant for this show. They have tried to spin this show like it's a show where men and women have power, but this show is internalized misogyny at its finest. These women are willing to scratch, claw, and backstab to get to these men. Meanwhile, the men don't care as long as they're getting some action. They don't give a damn. They not arguing. They not shading each other down. They not telling the next dude what they saw the next woman doing with the next guy. They not doing none of that. Like I feel like this is a great social experiment that no matter how old women are, a lot of women are socialized to feel like they have to compete for men and men don't feel that way these men are not acting like they in competition with each other they building chemistry with these women they getting to know who they want to get to know and they calling a day meanwhile you got chicks watching other what other men is doing with other women and telling it and you know trying to plot and plan and for what if it's yours it's gonna be yours if it's meant to be it's gonna be What's for you is for you. So that's the one disappointing thing about this show is that, and I'm not saying it's even the fault of like the writers, the producers or anything. This is just human nature when it comes to women and men. Like naturally the women have started to take this stance. Like I fight over this one. I fight for you. I ain't here to be your friend. You don't see the men acting like that on this show. I ain't seen one man tell not damn woman, I put on my boxing gloves for you. You mine. They ain't walking around telling the other niggas, nigga, I ain't here to be your friend. I'm here to find love. Not only are they enjoying the women, they building brotherhood and the women are scratching and clawing. Internalized misogyny, just like, like you said. Also, um, we won't see which two women get let go until the episode coming up on this this week but let Denise ass go she got mm -hmm. too much baggage for me um and in the previews it looks like the guy that she likes Calfani the guy she likes Calfani is going to even be disappointed at her stance with Rashid and making those type of making you okay Linda yeah. oh, okay 
gonna be um, that she's even making those type of claims. So it's just kind of like, you know, in a in an effort to be harmful to somebody else, you might be harming yourself and putting yourself in a position to get sent home. Right. So instead of focusing on being ready for love or ready to love and finding love, you running around calling somebody you haven't spent any alone time with a narcissist and paint them in the same picture as an ex that kidnapped you and tried to kill you. You need to be ready for therapy, baby. Yeah. Ready, ready for healing. Ready to heal. Maybe they should have had you on the island. Well, she probably would have ended up worse, to be honest. If okay. she went. <laughs> we want her to heal, not get worse, friend. <laughs> well, she need to go to Dr. Spirit for healing. That's who that's what she that's need to go. She, yeah. Uh we're gonna move on to Salt Lake City, season one, episode one. I ain't write down the name of the episode, forgive me. Okay, so we open with Jen who said people in Utah think she's black. She Hawaiian and Tongan don't nothing about this woman look black. And this is why you couldn't pay me to move to somewhere like Utah because girl, what? <laughs> um, her husband and kids are hilarious. Um, you get to see that they are Muslim, but she was Mormon until her husband told her how anti-black the Mormon church is. And she decided to stop being Mormon and her husband and kids knows that she's stupid um, because she asked her youngest son have you ever kissed a girl and he's like no she's like because you know if you kiss a girl you could possibly get herpes or AIDS what hold on just for clarification I got my dates mixed up so I missed the premiere because I thought it came on like today as we were recording at the Potomac so this is news to me. Run that back again, friend. <laughs> yeah, she told her youngest son, who was like fourteen, if he kisses a girl, he could get herpes or AIDS. Well, girl, that ain't how none of this works. First things first. Why would you do that? The herpes part can be true if they have an open sore on or in their mouth. The AIDS part is absolutely not true unless they had a open sore or were bleeding or something. But even still. If you're going to say things like that, at least know what the fuck you're talking about. And it's funny because her husband and her sons are like, that's not how any of that works. I would have been looking at her with the blinking white man face like, excuse me? Huh? What? (laughs) Mind you, all of these people are non-black except for Mary. So keep that in mind as I'm recalling what things are happening. Then we go to Lisa, who... She goes to wake her sons up and one son has a sign that says hustle over his bed and the other one has a sign that says grit over his bed. Why are y'all so obnoxious? (laughs) Um, She owns a luxury marketing company and she and her husband own a line of tequila brands that I've never heard of. But Mm. that's neither here nor there because that's how liquor goes. So just because I haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not quality. Doesn't mean it's not selling like hotcakes, but because y'all look at me everywhere. Yeah. Whitney is having a wedding day, which is actually a vow renewal. 
Um, her husband Justin is 18 years older than her. They've been married 10 years. And what's so tawdry about this is that they were both married when they started fucking around. I ooh, that mm, ooh, well, okay, all right. Uh, and the craziest <clears throat> part is in the in the uh, in the audience for the vow renewal, his step his kids are there from his first marriage. Um, they were because of this affair they had, they were both excommunicated from the Mormon Church. So yeah. Then we have Meredith, who her um her son is is gay and he does her makeup. Her husband Seth lives in Chicago, not in not in Utah. She mm. owns a jewelry company. Yeah, she owns a jewelry company and a store. And her husband, they are having marriage problems because they're not having sex. But at the same time, you are living in Chicago. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm quite sure y'all are not having sex because y'all not in the same state, let alone city. On this episode, it's Meredith's birthday. Her husband didn't even come home for her birthday or her birthday party. Mm. He just had a florist come and set up all these rose petals all over the damn house, had their son light some candles, and that was his birthday gift to her. Mm. Is mess to clean up. Mm. Is it giving you is it giving you Dr. Imani and her husband or I guess ex at this point? Yes. Is that that what it's giving you? Okay. It definitely is. Um, We go to Mary the infamous Mary Cosby um, who is tacky as fuck and I don't care how expensive the clothes are, tacky is tacky. Mary is married to her step grandfather. What really uh, is uh, who? Huh? Mary is black. Remember, I said all of these, but one is black. All of these, but yeah. one is white. Mary is the black one. She is married to her step grandfather. What is so very strange about this is that Mary and Robert Senior get on our fucking TVs lying about how their marriage was prearranged. It was in her grandmother's will for she and Robert to get married when her grandmother passed away. Um, so as I've been telling y'all, take some time, go to Brooke's YouTube channel, The Brooke Ashley, where Mary's grandmother's adopted son reached out to Brooke and Brooke interviewed him on a phone call And he said that all of that is a lie. It was never in the will for him to marry any of her grandchildren. Ever. It was never in the will. That was something they chose to do. Robert Sr. was very abusive to his his kids and his stepkids. Well, I think it was just stepkids. I don't think Robert Sr. and the grandmother had any children together. He was very abusive to the uh, stepkids. He ended up when the gra- when the grandmother died. He ended up um, having something done to the will, so this the kids, his stepkids, never got their inheritance. He took it all from them. He married Mary, and now they have a son together. 
And then more tea started coming out about how Mary and Robert um, don't even live in the same house. Um, they're going broke, which is why they're on this show. Mary left the church for because the grandmother owned a church. Um, that was the church that Robert Sr. inherited and some other very lucrative businesses. The grandmother was valued at 20 plus million dollars when she passed away. God damn. Um, Mary is Mama not Rex. Mary is, she doesn't identify as Mormon. She identifies as Pentecostal. She disappeared from this church for years claiming she had some life-threatening medical issues um, but members of that church have said, or ex-members of that church have come out to say that she never had any health issues. She was in New York getting plastic surgery. And so there have been a lot of before and current pictures of Mary floating around. She's had a nose job. She's had her lips done. She's had her body augmented. She's had her skin bleached and so on and so forth, saying that she's like, she's had so much money in plastic surgery that is unreal. I, that is a lot to take in. Um, and I have absorbed it. And what in the Game of Thrones hell <laughs> is this show and this situation with Mary? Like, what? It's a fucking mess. And as as we'll we'll see in the season, she is very nasty attitude-wise. If we thought Nene was something, mm -mm. if we thought Phaedra was something, mm-mm. And I know she got some shit with her. With her, she married her goddamn grandfather. Or, or what? He like what? Grandfather. I don't care if it's step or not. That's a grandparent. That's a that's a grandparent. So Girl, what? We we got one more lady to me, and that's Heather, and she owns a med spa valued at twenty million dollars. She is what they consider a purebred Mormon, yet she is not what they consider a good Mormon because she says she loves black men and gay people and those are things that the Mormon church don't like. Mm. Yeah. I, let I that just, go ahead. I, I just, which, okay, friend, now let's tie this together because the one lady on, <coughs> excuse me, life after lockup is Mormon. Why would you settle into a religion that did not allow you to start coming into their churches until the 70s? Mm. Like, I don't know much about Mormons, I'll be honest, but it just seems like it's, well, I mean, to be fair, damn near every religion is anti-black, but this one just seems like like on the scale of anti-blackness, it just seems like the extreme like of it. And like, why would you why would you want to sign up for that? <laughs> why would you why would you why would you get into that? And like if you know that church harbors those feelings towards black people, gay people, etc., why would you join that 
Because if you join that and you know how they are, you can't then tell me like, oh, well, I'm not like that. Okay, you might not be like that, but you know they like that and you decided to join anyway. Yeah. Um, Utah strikes me as a place, Salt Lake City strikes me as a place full of anti-blackness. Um, and then we start to get into the episode. So Jen is throwing Meredith a birthday party at her at Jen's home. And <laughs> so as they are doing like a pre-birthday thing, Jen, first of all, it's snowing like a motherfucker in Salt Lake City. Jen got on open toe shoes. She is going to jail. So then Heather tells Jen that she knows Lisa. And Lisa's from like college from 20 years ago. And Lisa's like, I don't know her. <laughs> These white bitches are petty already. That's my Mary, Mary and Jen fell out because Mary told Jen she smelled like a hospital after Jen had just came from the hospital after her aunt had both her legs amputated. Mary said she stank like a hospital and it was making her gag. <laughs> Like what? That those are fighting words. Like y'all got to y'all got to scrap up at that point. Jen tells Heather. <clears throat> well, Mary said that she just says what's on her mind, whether mm. it's right or wrong. So she one of those mm. people. I just keep it real. Mm-hmm. So hard to see what type of shit bullshit she gonna be on. So we get to this. Uh, we get to this party for Meredith at Jen's house. Mary come in dressed like a spearmint candy. She got on a green dress with some thick <laughs> ass, some like some like a light green dress with some thick ass white tights. And her wig <clears throat> is crooked and her makeup is too light. And I'm just it's, then you know she say it's Valentino. Bitch, you still look stupid. You still look like a crumpled up piece of tissue paper. Yeah, she look. look, How much it costs? It's a mess. From what what you're describing, she looks like she look look like a box of spearmint. From what you're describing. Yeah, then she had on a black motorcycle glove. Girl, what the fuck? You not you not Michael Jackson bad. You 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 dressed bad. But you're not bad. So Jen throws this party for Meredith, but she makes a grand entrance instead of letting Meredith make the grand entrance at her own birthday party. Then she has uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what they call, but she had they be like dancing at Luau. She had Tongan dancers there for her own heritage and the producers like, Jen, what do Tongan dancers have to do with Meredith and her birthday? She's like, oh, um, nothing. I just wanted them there. Girl, just throw a party but, for yourself next time and right? like, leave that woman out of it. This ain't a birthday party for Meredith. This for you. Right. That is some self-centered shit, man. That is some pressed-ass shit to do. Because if you rich, you could throw a party just to throw a party. Yeah, you could at any time. Heather tried to speak to Lisa, the, one, the ones where she was like, I don't know her. And Lisa blew her off like, oh, good to see you, girl. Take care. 
And then Mary and Jen get into it about the hospital comment. And instead of Mary just apologizing for the comment, she got more disrespectful in her green screen and was like, well, shit, maybe if your aunt was taking better care of herself and drinking more water, her legs wouldn't have got amputated. Hey, bro. Hey. Hey. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, okay, all right. You know, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch this uh, this shit after we record. But listen, let me tell you something. This for what you describe, Mary got to get beat the fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way, Mary got to get beat the fuck up. Talk about it, girl. <laughs> well, if you well, well, maybe you will be an amputee if you just shut the fuck up, boy, girl. Now <laughs> you gotta get beat the fuck up. <laughs> this woman ain't got no legs and you talk about her like this hell no you gotta you gotta get bopped outside your head I'm sorry that is rude as shit and shit for somebody who married her goddamn granddad a girl I know you fucking lied to me yeah, Listen, man. you and Jay Lannister can get beat the fuck up. Man, a mess. Hell no. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you double down on it. Shit, triple down at that point. Talking about, girl. That ain't gonna sit right on my spirit until I watch this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, how you, 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 how you say somebody would be an equity and they took him by the candle? Say, girl, you, you need your face slap. <laughs> she said she should have drank more water, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Nah, Mary got. If they have a reunion for this shit, <laughs> a virtual reunion, everybody got to be virtual except her and Mary, and she got to beat Mary the fuck up. <laughs> it's a must. Hell no, nah, nah, that's an old site. Hell no. Nah. Like, so, or, or better yet, you can do the virtual reunion and just tell Mary to drop the address. She got to go over there ASAP. <laughs> she got to get the fuck over there ASAP and beat Mary the fuck up. Exactly. So yeah, that was the season the series premiere of Salt Lake City. And I rather enjoyed it. They started to get messy in the very first episode. Um, I hate when they hold back on the mess and try to build it up. Nah. Bring it on. Bring it in now. Yeah. And now we go (laughs) now we go to Drive's Potomac. (laughs) This episode really was dry, to be honest. It was it was kind of dry. Um, Karen had to tell Monique that the ladies were going to Portugal without her, and you could see the hurt in Monique's face. But this friend, this is why I wanted Monique to not drag Candace because these bitches have successfully iced Monique out of the show now, knowing yeah. that she is not the most violent person on the show, knowing that it's like the pool of butter knobs on people, whether she planned to use it or not, but they have 
Oh, wait, I muted myself. I got so upset. They have successfully... (laughs) (laughs) They have successfully iced her out the rest of this season. And I hate it. Yeah. Because... I would have I would have loved to see Monique stun on these bitches in Portugal. But now you got Robin, Giselle, Candace, and Wendy, Wendy all talking about they refuse to shoot with, with Monique all of a sudden. <clears throat> I pray we have a virtual reunion. Because it, these bitches need to be dragged. And I want to see the bean footage roll back. Like I, cause I know production is gearing up to to roll back the knife incident for Candace, uh, Robin getting in people's face, Giselle too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sick of these bitches. Like it, it's not yeah, so it, much it's that the I don't grandstander. think. Yeah, it's not that I don't think Candace didn't deserve to get dragged, cause I absolutely do. But I feel that way about Ashley up until this season. We've been felt yeah. like Ashley deserved to get dragged. We talk about yeah. Ashley deserving to get dragged when she was trying to paint Monique as um an alcoholic drunk driver. Remember, yeah. we was like and Ashley I mean, yeah. gets her ass whooped. Yeah, because I mean we did make jokes about Monique and they still stand, but we also said two things could be true. Ashley was doing the most and she did deserve a face slap. Absolutely. We we definitely because in that season, <clears throat> excuse me. She was talking, anybody who was listening, she was telling Monique was drunk driving. Yeah. Anybody who would listen, she Ashley was trying to paint like, yes. And so that's why I said, like, when people have been saying, like, where's this smoke for Ashley? You couldn't possibly be asking us that on this show because we've been had smoke for Ashley. We've been called Ashley Vile. Ashley just met her match when Candace got on the show and then she got pregnant and started going through the postpartum. So, so everybody started feeling sorry for Ashley. But we've been, yeah, we've I mean, been saying let, Ashley need her ass. Ashley been a piece of shit. Like, let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted. Like, me, you, and Curtis have been dragging Ashley. Because we called them the trio. It was Ashley, Giselle, and Robin. They were the trio yes. keeping up the most shit on this show. Yes. It's just until recently, till Ashley had this baby. And all the stuff, you know, going on with Michael, which, I mean... Girl, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Ashley been a piece of shit. You know, she just on the on the rebrand tour because she had a baby. Mm-hmm. But Ashley been a piece of shit. Yep. And we have never held punches back on <laughs> on that. That's why I say like I show. didn't I didn't mind seeing Monique uh drag Candace the little bit she did do. I just knew what the outcome was gonna be when it happened. Yeah. It was gonna turn into old big bag Monique dragging little old Candace and all of the the light skinned bandits who don't like her was gonna hype it up and yeah. do the fucking most, which they the did. The grandstanding and the performing. <clears throat> hmm. While yeah, the girls like, are going it's so unfortunate because. The... <laughs> 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 it's so unfortunate because of. Uh... Like, uh, I think either you or Brooke said it when we had Brooke on, but like Giselle, uh, Robin, uh, mostly Giselle are really like the masterminds of this whole thing. And Candace and Monique, unfortunately, played right into it. Yeah. But that does, you know, that don't mean Candace still didn't deserve to get her face slapped. It just, I wish, you know, I agree with you, uh, Candace, and that I would just wish it wouldn't happen because it played right into Giselle's hands. Yep. Um, Monique kind of uses this trip to bring up her frustration 
with Karen encouraging Candace to pursue legal action. But it's like, Monique, let it go. Like, let it go because Karen is one of only two people willing to film with you at this moment. And also, according to Monique, it wasn't the Gigi and the trainer shit that made her do that to Candace. So it's like, what was it? What was it? I'm going to be honest. Like, seeing that scene, like, this is why sometimes, like, I know it can't be helped, but sometimes I hate that we know, like, what happens in real time after they film this shit. Because I saw that scene, and the only thing I could think of was, like, I don't really care because we know that the case got dropped in real time anyway. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, I, so it was it was like one of those things where it's like, I know they have to do this because, I mean, they filmed, you know, when they filmed and we seen it. But I'm, I was just sitting there like, I mean, okay, but the case got dropped, so I don't care about this scene. Like, that's how I felt, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's how I felt, especially, I do feel like Monique has not asked any of the ladies to take side take sides the women that don't like her continue not to like her and the ones that do have held her accountable and continue to be her friend and you really can't ask much more than that which is completely different from how Candace carrying on she trying to make everybody choose her choose her over Monique and it's like this is where you could tell the difference in ages and maturity because Candace has not held herself accountable in any capacity at this point none and she never has and she never will. And I think those other women do her a great disservice by telling her the way in which you speak to people, the things in which you say to people is to your detriment. The thing is... When you got a mama this, like Dorothy, what can you expect? A bitch named Dorothy. Yeah. The thing is, though, friend, and this is like my annoyance with the other ladies and all this grandstanding, is that they have told Candace that her mouth that her mouth is a detriment, that her mouth does make people want to slap the fuck out of her. They have told her this. Robin has told her this. Giselle has told her this. Karen has told her this. Ashley has told her this, even though it's Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. But, like, everybody has told... Monique has told her this. Monique was the only one that was, like, her actual friend and tried to get her to be, like, change her ways about her mouth, like, one, like what, last season or a couple of seasons ago. So mm -hmm. the fact that everybody knows this is how Candace is, but the minute that one of them actually does something, it's like, it's a problem. Like, again, I'm not saying that Monique should have done it in at that time, but like, if all of y'all agree that Candace mouth is her greatest detriment, that it is a problem that she don't respect anybody. She always popping off at the mouth. She never knows when to shut the fuck up. She always disrespecting people why none of y'all holding her accountable for initiating and instigating Monique and egging her on to the point where it did get physical? That's my frustration and problem with them grandstanding about this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we cut to Ashley having to sit down with Michael. If you gotta, you gotta have a, a goddamn contract with your husband to do the right thing by you and your baby, why are you with that man? Yeah, I saw that scene. I was just like, be home so by, you need to be home by seven. You need to check in with me. But like, come on, that's a lot. That's too much. That is a lot. That is a lot. But the mo the interesting part about this scene 
is that Ashley Ashley revealed that Monique asked if she would legally go on record and describe the knife event that went down between uh, Ashley and Candace. I don't think it was last year, the year before that, maybe. No, it was last year. It was last year after yeah, it was the last wedding. Year. After the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, Chestnut Checkers, baby. Chestnut Checkers. And this Got is me. what happens <laughs> when you are not self-aware like Candace and you listen to your mammy who is not self-aware and does not hold herself accountable for her mouth, her words, her behavior. Because anybody with a lick of sense would have told Candace, hey, you are on camera pulling a knife on somebody, telling them to get out your house and people are having to hold you back. Mm-hmm. That is going to be used against you if you pursue legal action. You have a history mm-hmm. of being violent as well. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work out against you and it will be a waste of money. And we saw that because we know the case got dropped. <laughs> it got dismissed. Both things were thrown out. Both women were basically said to be fucking goofies. And that was the end of the the situation. But again, Mm -hmm. when you lack Mm self-awareness. One thing about those chickens, what they do, friend, they come home to what? Roost. Mm -hmm. Cock-a-doodle-doo, bitch. Um, (laughs) And Ashley is... (laughs) Ashley is help, happy to help Monique because, you know, Monique stood by her, you know, with the Michael butt grabbing incident and, you know, showing the footage um, from their house. And I don't, I won't say, in my opinion, I don't think that was Monique taking anybody's side. I think that was just doing your due diligence. If there was footage of the situation in the house, you owed it to the victim to get vindication or you owed it to Michael to prove himself innocent that it didn't happen. There was no, in my opinion, there was no, no taking sides. It was, this could help whoever is in the wrong or whoever is in the right in the discussion. I, 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 the thing is I agree, but I understand why it looks cringy. Mm-hmm. That, no, that's, I agree like, because I, when you say we yeah. believe victims and it's like well, Yeah, that's yeah well, you don't yeah, believe that, it and you this, but in all honesty, the footage that they did have, it didn't it didn't show anything one way or the right, other. Right. So it yeah. it left the situation where it was at. But if somebody's in my house and I have cameras everywhere and they say they were assaulted, I'm turning those cameras, those tapes over to the proper authorities so they can figure out what's what. Yeah, and that's that's just all it could. Uh, that's all I can do. Um, yeah, like but, I, the thing is, I don't blame Monique. I just I understand why it looks cringe. Yeah, and also apparently Monique knew that Ashley and Michael had an open marriage, but kept her mouth shut and even act surprised when she finally shared the information with the group. That's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, for that, I was also that was also one of the things where I was like, okay, and like I just like I, this was my reaction. I really didn't care when Ashley herself said it, so I'm like, I also don't care that Monique knew and at the surprise. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, this is can we move the plot along? That's that's literally how I took it. Um, like, can we move on to the next scene. <laughs> Right, in which the girls are at the airport, they on the flight. Why did Candace have so much baggage? That bitch must have been running from the counter lawsuits. 
That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, what? <laughs> I almost spit out my water. Uh. The hotel was beautiful, and that's the one thing I guess I like about this vacation is the girls wasn't fighting for the best room. It was a, a beautiful hotel. Everybody's room was beautiful. And then we get to the fact that, uh, Wendy, bitch, you cannot go one single fucking episode without mentioning those goddamn degrees. She can't you even are go an hour. insufferable as fuck and insecure. And the only thing that you can lean on is those goddamn degrees. Good God. Like they're legit... They are legit her personality. Like it is. She is absolutely that stereotype of like my degrees of my personality. She absolutely is. And I cannot stand it. And the bitch, let me tell you something. She definitely one of the bitches that wear a shirt that say degrees, passport, not my ancestors. Yes. 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 Oh, you know, you know what her hands was uh, her hands. You know what her shirt will say? These hands on my degrees. That's what she her shirt would say. Oh God. Um <laughs> Andy, Andy, don't you bring her back no god. I listen, let me tell you something. I will write a strongly worded white woman letter and start a petition to ban Wendy from this show. Andy, don't play with me. Cause this is terrible. This is probably the worst addition to a season. That I think I've ever seen on any of the shows that we probably second only behind second to Aquabar V on Atlanta. Cause I think that's still the worst one for me. But this is a damn sure close second because I w- she brings nothing to the show. Nothing at all. And she is insufferable about that's these fair. goddamn degrees. How you tell Karen that you that you deaded the situation, which I mean you really didn't cuz just I mean honestly Karen drags you. But whatever, whatever yeah. helps when to sleep at night. How you say you finished it, you buttoned it up, zip zilch, and then the second y'all get a moment of reprieve on a fucking vacation, you go, "Karen, when you talked about my degrees, and even Robin's tacky lacky ass in the confessional said, oh my God, here we go again. How many times we got to hear this? And I agree with Robin. Girl, don't nobody care about them goddamn degrees. Please leave us alone. <clears throat> and of course, the messy green-eyed toad tries to <laughs> torpedo her way into Ashley's business, asking about the state of her marriage. And this piss. Karen off um, because she was like, you prying in this girl's business for no good reason. If you really were so concerned about what's going on with her and Michael, why don't you ask her privately? The same way y'all went out y'all way to privately have a conversation when Candace got the information that Michael was in the strip club leaving with strippers, why you couldn't ask her privately then? That part. And so, like, why can't? How can everybody else do that, but you, Giselle? Exactly. And then, in the surprising state of t- twist, Robin shows support for Ashley by talking about her own experience with infidelity and how you know Juan cheated and this, that, and the third. But girl, you lost all his money, so if he had to get some sympathy, pussy, that's just what it's gonna be. 
I mean, honestly, you, that even that yeah. uh, I was about to say that you know you a you bad honestly, with that money. You, that even out to be honest. And you, you, he might still be old some outside pussy. So you never might know because be. you in tech, you in tax debt now. So yeah, that's ninety thousand. What ninety thousand in the back? So he might need some backlog pussy. I'm just saying. So then Wendy tries to lighten up the mood, talking about she was quite literally named after Wendy's, and her dad was a manager there, and it's like. This would be cute if he wasn't so fucking insufferable. Right. Like if this was in in like if you were anybody else, I would be interested and I would be like, haha, that's cute. But girl, fuck you. I don't care. Cause girl, give us more spicy nugget energy and less dissertation energy. That part. That's what I want. Mo frosty. I don't need I don't need my niggas to come with a goddamn thread. Exactly, bitch. I like my frosties by themselves. Not with all this goddamn Dr. Wendy bullshit. Hello. Um, <laughs> Karen hops in her messy bag, which I was glad to see, and asks Giselle why Jamal is never around. And Giselle gets defensive as fuck, saying very mm-hmm. specifically he lived eight states away. And girl, let's cut the shit. Let me set up for this. Whenever you go to Atlanta <laughs> to see that man, you have to stay in a hotel. Whenever you take the girls to Atlanta to see their father, y'all stay in a hotel. Y'all don't even stay with Jamal. And the reason you stated was because he don't have no fucking groceries in his house. As if it's, as if Instacart don't deliver groceries. Hello? You are full of shit, Giselle. You brought Jamal on this fucking show because you needed a storyline because you have not had one in years. Mm. You have not had a storyline in years, Giselle. I cannot Mm. recall the last time you had a storyline. That was the season with Sherman. So it wasn't like two seasons ago is when you had a storyline. Yeah, like two, three seasons, yeah. It's been forever, bitch. Like, not your storyline no is stirring the. Her storyline is stirring the pot and being messy, and Which, you, that's, that's okay. cool. If you the bone collector, but don't what thing, the bone collector. Yeah, one thing about them tables, though, baby, they turn. And this the thing I would have never. What was the purpose in you having a made up storyline with with Jamal? Because the girls is picking it apart. Yeah. It don't take much to see you and Jamal don't have no chemistry. Y'all only do weekend visits. Y'all don't stay in each other's homes. Mm. The girls still can't stand him. Mm. He's still being rumored to be making babies all up and through that goddamn church. Mm. You're full of shit. Mm. You stink. Mm. Your hair's uneven. Your clothes tacky. You look dusty. And you stinking, baby. We can smell the doo-doo on you. That's how full of shit you are. You got the mic got most fly on your goddamn head. <laughs> I don't know who I don't know who full of shit more, baby Dean or Giselle. Goddamn sure it's Giselle. Cause she got defensive as hell. But I'm and just like she was looking for support for Robin, and Robin was like, uh-uh, because you be in all of our business. 
You was just asking Ashley about her shit with Michael. And, and I mean, Robin don't know this, but we know it. Hell, you've been talking to Juan and helping him pick out rings. You was yeah. just discussing Karen and Ray's shit with the taxes. Yeah. You be in everybody fucking business. But now all but of a sudden, you want your yours. privacy with Jamal. Like yeah. Robin said, well, we share our men with each other, and that was a terrible choice of words, but I got what you were right. saying, Robin. For the right. sake of you had to drag your own friend a little bit, so I'll allow it. You be in everybody's yeah. fucking business. Mm-hmm. You and Monique shit about the trainer. You have helped egg that shit on with Sharice. But now all of a sudden, you want to be private with Jamal because he eight states away. Girl, a lot of somebody fucking else. Playing somebody else's face, bitch. Not ours. Um, the girls finish dinner. Ashley goes to her room to call Michael, and he's nowhere to be found. He calls her 11 minutes later. This the thing. I don't like Michael. I don't fuck with <laughs> Michael Darby in any capacity. But somebody being 11 minutes late you freak out get a fucking divorce even the doctor's office give you a 15 to 20 minute grace period his meeting ran late but you don't trust him so much that you don't even believe it that is a telltale sign that it's time to go and I know you broke baby and I understand that you don't want to leave that deluxe apartment in the sky high but you you don't need to be married to this man. You had a whole fucking meltdown. You are in Portugal having a fucking meltdown. And here come this nasty, ugly, funky, greasy, sweaty-looking, old-ass white man talking about he feels molested by her line of questioning before he hangs up the phone at Ashley's face and Ashley is in tears, boo-hoo crying. A motherfucker that's been accused of sexual assault should not use words like molested. Listen, when he said that, I was like, is this is this the same nigga that was accused of assault? Because uh, nerve? Audacity? <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me, sir? You are the same motherfucker who is just cheating on your wife. You have broken the trust, so you are going to be questioned. That is part of the rebuilding process. You were 11 yeah. minutes late. If you were going to be late, why not send Ashley a text? Why not send the sitter a text and say, hey, my meeting is running late. I will be about 20 to 30 minutes late. Yeah, but that I was my thing. My like, I, like, I agree with you. I didn't, like, f f I didn't get the, like, breakdown Ashley had. But I definitely believe that Michael should have told her or in the city, like, hey, I'm running a little late. Like, nigga, that would have taken taken nothing to shoot a text. I, I get I do get her breakdown because the trust has been broken and you saying you want to rebuild it, but you're not communicating properly. And that's the issue. Simple communication could have deaded all of this. Yeah. Like just a text, nigga. Like it don't take you that long to send a text. At all. In the in the eleven minutes that you were late, it could have taken you thirty seconds, if that, to just send a text like, "Hey, I'm running late." Exactly. That's it. That's it. Problem cr crisis avoided. 
So then um, Karen brings up Jamal again, and Giselle feels pressured to FaceTime him, and Wendy brings up those degrees again. Like, I want Wendy removed from my life. Like, I just want her to go far, far away somewhere and ne- and never, never speak to us again. Never say it again. You use those degrees as a one-up chip, and that's what makes them so useless to everybody that's watching the show. You don't use your yeah, degrees. Even those you, that's don't on the use, show. <laughs> you don't use your degrees. You don't use your access to education as a way to uplift, help learn, extend access to you use it as a way to say I got this and you don't nah, 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 nah. so fucking what so fucking what that's what I'm trying to figure out so what but that was the end of the show And uh, I don't know. I want Wendy to remove from our lives. She is. She has made this season pretty unbearable. Honestly, like I the, agree. the the fight storyline has been cheesy in and of itself, but her um just her presence on the show has offered very little. Lended nothing at all she's been messy she's been a hypocrite contradictory um while we still don't know very much about her and the little we have learned it's nothing impressive so i feel like wendy has brought down the quality of this show exactly like every week, I look because I mean, let's because don't get me wrong, I can't stand Giselle, but at least I know what I'm getting in info with Giselle. And I've been watching this show for like 84 years at this point, every, yeah. Like, like you know, Giselle gets on my nerves, but it's never like when I see Giselle, I'm like, oh, here this bitch go. It's like, okay, here go Giselle, and she finna be messy. Okay, cool. I see Robin, it's like, okay, she finna be messy and she broke. Okay, cool. When I see Candace, I see. I see her mama <laughs> and I'm like I mean she get on my nerves but it's like okay cool you know I know what I'm getting I know what I'm getting when I see these ladies whenever I see Wendy it's like <sighs> every time she's on my screen yeah like Wendy makes it a drag to watch this show yeah which is sad because I like Potomac. Is they don't stop fighting on this damn show, but just when this presence this season, it's like, well, I guess I gotta watch Potomac and deal with Wendy's ass. Exactly. So, Andy, Andy, don't you bring her ass back no goddamn more. Just leave us alone. Leave us the fuck alone. Yeah. Um. We'll see y'all back next week. Same lineup same place i don't know if brazil is is like gonna have like however many episodes but i imagine they had to stop filming at some point in the pandemic so i don't think it'll be too many more episodes of brazil and then you know 
we'll be getting ready for Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta. But as Jeremy told me in the pregame, um, one somebody in the production or the shooting team or some tested positive yeah, they tested for COVID, positive. and they stopped and they filming. filming. Yeah, I don't know how far they were so. into production while they were filming when it happened, but I know they halted production. Yep. So we well, we'll shall cross that see. bridge when we get to it. But uh, be prepared. We're gonna be um moving. Braxton Family Values to Ratchet Reloaded. Um, you can subscribe to the Patreon for as little as five dollars and get a ton of amazing content. If you subscribe at the ten dollar level, you will get access to the FNM um, roundtable talks and the wind down. And we're gonna add some more content to the ten dollar level going into the new year. But five dollar gets you a lot. So be sure to subscribe, patreon.com slash flawless noises. Sign up, support your favorite shows. We appreciate it. And we'll see y'all back next week. Peace, niggas.